Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guess it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcast for free. 99. We're back. Super Bowl is behind us now. Um, this should move to Saturdays. A larger conversation for a long, a, a different time. Because today we are joined by a man who I had booked before we knew the outcome of the game. A man who I believe had a very, very, very tense night for part of his night until he uh, realized what was going to happen, as we all did once the Niners made their decision at overtime starting. We've got Rich Fan from PW Torch, uh, noted chief conspiracist. Rich, how's it going, brother? I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I liken myself to, you know, as we talk about this, uh, a lot of Thanos quotes, I liken myself to like the Herald of the Chiefs, if oh, you will. Goodness. Like I'm just bringing good tidings to the great destroyer of our football world. And, uh, you know, let us have glad tidings. For those of for, for those among us who have not been exposed to your ouvre of uh, takes and whatnot, we tell people where they can find what you do on this here internet? Yeah, sure. So it... Um, those of you who haven't heard me before a lot of my stuff actually started strangely enough with the mtr network because That's i would fair. do the comic book book clubs and jump in and chat about various things like i got fable right next to me i got a ton of books that you guys would bring me in after the wolf among us came out amongst other things and around that time i got pulled over at the pro wrestling torch wade keller wade keller editor publisher is my boss over there I do a lot of pro wrestling, the deep dive with Rich Fan, everything with Rich and Wade Keller. We talk about everything going on with wrestling. East Coast cast with myself, Cameron Hawkins, and Travis Bryant. Cam is now like turned into a guy that shows up on TMZ when I'm randomly watching it. So I don't know what happened there. Like there were some steps that were skipped. But additionally to that, I also show up on uh, MCU Later, which is an MCU-related podcast for host wrestling, which are some fine Canadian folks up north that like wrestling and love mcu so that was a nice fit for me and uh that's about it if you search for rich fan wrestling rich fan comics something's going to show up and occasionally you've let me defile your airwaves so i really do appreciate you joining me here today before we get into everything i want to make sure everyone knows um today as of this record as of this drop is going to be the 13th of february you have until the 17th of february to order a copy of the book we spoke about with Jason Kirk, Hell is a World Without You. It is a fantastic book. I've already finished it. It took me about 12 hours to read the whole thing. It really just kind of grabs you and doesn't let you go. Um, you can Google lots more reviews that are smarter than mine. Um, but 100% of the proceeds that are for anything purchased before 217-24 uh, is going directly to the Trevor Project. Uh, they've already donated over $60,000 to the Trevor Project, uh, which is about six times the advance of your average uh, debut novel. Um, so, yeah, every dime of the proceeds is going to that. So it's a really good cause. And uh, I'm excited to be part of the live show doing a reading on this coming Friday. If you've got tickets, can't wait to see you there. If you don't have tickets, you're one of many people who didn't get them because it sold out immediately because the shutdown full cast is very powerful. Fear the shutdown full cast. Now... <laughs> To I the literally business just bought mine. I literally just bought mine. It should be here on Thursday. I honestly kind of want to. I want to have Kirk. Like I talk, I was talking to Kirk. He wants to come on and do wrestling stuff. And if I can mix in a book review and us talking wrestling, because he's going to Mania. Oh, and 
he's taking his daughter, and I can't be more excited for him. Um, so, but we're here to talk about Super Bowl Fallout first, before anything else, before we get to the wrestling, the graphs, the squares, the circles. We're here to talk about the gridiron. And Rich Fan, um, I know you as a Chiefs fan have a lot on your heart, so I'm going to let you and kind of just open the floor to you. We're going to talk about the Chiefs first. They ended up winning the game in fantastic fashion, in overtime, in a rule that was created because they hurt Josh Allen's feelings. They then used that rule to hurt everyone else's feelings. I think it's beautiful. I think it's magical. It couldn't happen to a more likable quarterback. Rich Fan, how does it feel to be on top of the world like this? Well, first, it feels great. And I, I want to say, before I get into the pettiness, I heard a gentleman who's a pretty strong uh, Chiefs blogger, Seth Kaiser. It's funny that he can combine pettiness with being a youth minister in a way that, like, it's just very hilarious to me. And he's like, never get to the point where you're Nick Saban, where you win a national championship, and two hours later, you're on the road because you never appreciate where you were. Just to give folks an idea. Patrick Mahomes has won, I want to say it's eight playoff games just in the last couple of uh, championships. That is the entirety of 1960 to, nine, uh, to 2018 when he became a starter for the Chiefs. So outside of that Super Bowl one, outside of that Super Bowl four, wasn't looking good for him. And so that sort of level of greatness, especially as a person who, as Omani would say, got off that narcotic when the Bills decided they didn't want to join the Patrick Mahomes experience. Like that was the easy, easy choice. Um, seeing them win, I have some Thanos quotes because my love of wrestling and pettiness and football, uh, they suspected nothing. The arrogant never do. Uh, okay, so let me build off that. I'm not going to let yeah. you just indoctrinate whoever's still listening. <laughs> who we haven't run Just drink the Kool-Aid. It. It's tasty. My goodness. <laughs> is, that, is he going to blink? He hasn't blinked. There's a video on the thing. He has not blinked the entirety of that speech. That was fantastic. But is this the most impressive ring? Because this one, the path from losing opening night to the Lions to ending up where you end up with all the chatter in between, it's not the easiest ring. It's not the most fun ring. But is it the most impressive ring in your opinion? Because I've been wrestling with this all day because, to me, Travis Kelsey is very clearly a top five in his position guy. Mm -hmm. When Tom Brady did this on the stretch and they didn't have a number one receiver, they had that other dude who is the best to ever play tight end. Optimus Prime, that drinks a lot, yes. The Mechzilla that was only brought down through Dude. mechanical failures. The only time he wasn't dominating people because he was the number one receiver. And so he was never like, he needs a number one. They've got Gronkowski. Here, with what's happened the last two years, you trade away your big play hitter and you win two more in very different ways. So this Last year, a lot of play action, a lot of motion. They, they end up using the corn dog at the very end here to end the, the, the season. But that's not what this offense was predicated upon, particularly last night. When you watch this as a whole, as a fan, as someone who has a deep and abiding appreciation for all that they do in the organization, is this the best demonstration of what this team can be? Because these were supposed to be nominally rebuilding years. Yeah. Last time I was on, I, I think it was before the AFC Championship game, we talked about this, and it's to the point you brought up with Chris when I, was, when I saw you had a conversation with him on Facebook about the idea of they stress test what Mahomes could handle. 
And over the last two years, I would argue two things. One, the Hill trade became their Herschel Walker trade because okay. the benefits of that, like just alone with Trent McDuffie, you have a cornerback who's 5'10". If he was six foot, he would have been a top 15 pick. Right. He falls to the 20s. The Patriots trade that pick to Kansas City because they knew Buffalo wanted him. And so that's a double whammy because then Kair Elam goes to Buffalo healthy scratch most of his career so far. They can't trust him even when they lose their top guy. McDuffie, they locked him up. But to me, I, I thought this was the most rewarding because you got to see Mahomes, but you also got to see what Steve Spagnuolo could do with a defense that is predicated with a bunch of young guys that really don't care about stats. They just care about hurting you. Well, like, look, I've that, never seen this many a, defensive backs that can hit well, in my life. Those defensive backs are able to mature at the rate they were able to mature because Chris Jones, because mm-hmm. of the sheer destructive force that is Chris Jones, because he, the last play that, 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 they, that they forced out of Purdy's hand early, he was a constant factor interiorly on Brock Purdy, and he stymied the ability of Brock Purdy to move around in that pocket. Um, you mentioned this already on defense in the back, back end. Sixth youngest roster ever. If we're talking non-quarterbacks, Chris Jones is still my MVP of this game, right? I'm not crazy. Listen, if Mahomes didn't go eight for eight on that final drive, it would have been Chris Jones. Because Chris <laughs> Jones stopped three touchdowns. Right, right. In the first half, he forces the overthrow. Second half, uh, he gets the right before um, they kick the field goal where they, the, the blitz that McDuffie's yep. going on, they're so scared of him on the left-hand side, they shift everything. And then you got a corner beeline and for a quarterback who doesn't know what to do when the thing in his ear doesn't tell him where to go. Stop. And then that final one you just made. I, Stop. I, I, you, I, all I they heard, did nothing to you. You're lashing. They I, were magnanimous in defeat. I never, let's, let's, we're I got, going I got to get notes. to the Niners. Um, we'll get to that. We're going we'll to get, get to, to the Niners. We're going to stay with okay. the winners. Winners okay. play. We okay. speak of winners first. Okay. And speaking of winners, you mentioned it. The reason he won that MVP, the 8 for 8 in the final drive, truly we entered Jordan hours. And when I tell people Jordan hours, they say, oh, he's not Jordan. Jordan won six. I say, yeah, but he was Jordan before it was over. He was Jordan before it was done. There were moments when Larry Bird told you that that was God playing basketball disguised as Michael Jordan, and you knew that Jordan had arrived. These Mahomes plays, these Mahomes drives, the the certainty in my heart when the Niners settled for three in overtime, oh, this game is over. This game is oh no, I oh oh oh, it was over. It was it was over before that, but. The moment they settled for three, I was like, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes needs to score a touchdown. And the thing about Patrick Mahomes is when you give him all that data, why would you let him go second? And I, I there's part of me that says, hey, man, let him go first. Or I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I'm with you. I go can't with talk your heart, into it. No, go with your palm. Like, because I was arguing with folks. Uh, like, I have a text stream of a couple of Chiefs fans that I'm friends with that I typically, just to kind of back up, I watch games normally by myself in my bedroom with the TV, big screen TV. My wife during the Super Bowls with my son downstairs. Trey will come up if he's engaged. I'll get to him in a minute. But for the most part, like it's a very solitary, just like when I'm watching film for football for like high school. With this one, you see this happening. And the question was, 
okay, what do you do with these new rules that they created specifically because Josh Allen's feelings got hurt? Uh, it, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put that's, it. That's it happened. It happened when when Mahomes couldn't get one with Brady, and the Chiefs did present it, and they were like, "Nah, we're good here. We're good here." Josh has it happened. Anyway, I like the fact, and it goes back to Andy Reid being a a man that only enjoys burgers and football. From training camp, they knew the plan was if we're ever in this situation in the playoffs, we want the ball second because we need to know, are we playing normal football or are we playing four downs and we got to end this football? Because even after the game, Chris Jones, back to which he's he's like, this is crazy. I don't understand why they took the ball. Like we were always taught, kick it. We'll, we'll talk, we, we, we are going. We are going to talk about that in a second. But before yeah. we get out of the out of the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the future because, like, I love Nicole Hardman. He can't be your star. He can't. No, not in the year twenty twenty four, sir. It can't be him and Travis Kelsey bailing out this wait, team. Wait, 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 Paul. Game winning touchdown catcher, Nicole Juravicious, Aloysius Hardman. <laughs> The man who smoked his ex-teammate who said it's better over there now on a play where he was he wasn't supposed to get the ball. If I told you that, yeah, how he much wasn't. He was not. It's very true. I watched it. It was a shovel. Times. It was mm-hmm. a shovel to McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, who just came back from core muscle. They say core muscle. We all know it's a torn groin. My man, my man came back after eight-week surgery in four weeks and couldn't run laterally. So nope. all he did was pass protection and scoot out to the flat. That's it. God bless him. Because Joey Bosa tackled him like he realized it was Black History Month in the middle of that game, and he wasn't having it. Richard, I'm sorry. No, you're not. It was Nick too. I'm sorry. Wrong Bosa. They, they both mean, got the same. Needs, they got the same. They got the same. It's one way half dozen the other brother. <laughs> right. Like the one thing I thought was like I just felt the ancestors holding Juwan Taylor up as he had to fight those Bosas Ridiculous. every day. I'm fighting. So does this end with the return of EB? I, it, okay, here's the fun part about that. Because, again, that play with, with your dog that decided to go dog and win himself a Super Bowl, EB installed that play during the AFC Championship when he came to visit them. So he gave them a freebie on the Come way on. out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. They mentioned it during the chit. Like he came in, they're like, "Yeah, look, like, like he, he just he's like, hey, he." It was just, it was like old time. MBS even said, "He still yells, but I realized I missed the yelling because it had <laughs> he yells like, because oh, he loves you me. just realized the reason you probably caught more of the balls you dropped this year, last year is because this dude was in your ear because Andy's not going to yell." Lord knows Nagy's not going to yell. And Patrick is going to chew out a ref before he yells at any of you, unless you're the rookie wide receiver. No, unless you're the rookie wide receiver right before regulation who said, I'm open, you should have thrown it to me. And then he said, look here, mother. And then they had to have a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, it happens. Sometimes fear's a good teacher. EB's methods are questioned, but they work, baby. They work. The second Washington players are like, he's too mean to us. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I but clearly Washington know. gave him a big paycheck though, Palm, so he could sit next year out and make another three million dollars. Or he can consult, he can consult. Yeah, or he can consult. I'm hoping that they can make an assistant head coach slash offense position. Uh, how do we? How do you feel about Nagy as a fan who watched every down? 
Nagi is the uh, platonic ideal of what Reed wants, which isn't good because that Raiders game was them leaning into their freak flag away too much. Like they had a play where uh, Isaiah Pacheco got the ball, handed it to Mahomes while Mahomes is in motion. And that's what was the first fumble that led to six. Very next play, Mahomes gets the ball, lazy on an out route, pick six. And that was that game. So too much. Too, okay. too much trickery. EB was the one during the, 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 the San Francisco and the Philadelphia Super Bowls. Run the freaking ball. Like just run it regular. We don't need yeah. to do triple spins and all that well, crap. Well, let's it. let's talk about let's go talk about the losers bracket. The, the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Steve Wilkes and company did show up in a way that I did not expect. I would like to apologize to them publicly on this podcast. I was right until I was wrong, and I was wrong once that whistle blew because all this you can run on the Niners. They took that shit personally. My goodness. Whew. Yeah, I mean, and part of that is uh you had a a, a a couple a couple of things. It was like a perfect storm. You have an all pro left guard. You just and, said you're down a guard too. Yeah, but unlike the Tampa Super Bowl, it's one player, not three. And it's not Mike after Rimmers that replacing him. Yeah, Mike um, Rimmers doesn't have to show up. Jesus help me! If that dude like, uh, how are you bringing up the worst when we're talking about the? Don't do this. Don't listen, don't listen. be that guy. But because he, here's why, the pressure didn't it. The one issue I have with the Chiefs offense right now, and it isn't the receivers, it's the fact that their outstanding center oftentimes decides he wants to be the meme of, why are you giving me your biggest battles? Why haven't you died yet? By snapping the ball to Patrick's ankles or bouncing it off the net. We're like, talking I don't about know. the like, can we can, can we keep you on football fan, on football coach for a second and say being a fan? Don't okay, coach for okay. a second. As a fan... Joey Bosa and his sidekick he brings home to let people know he's not really racist uh, are really good on the edges. Javon Hargrave wanted revenge because he was on the Eagles last year and he whooped Allegretti's butt most of the night. And Eric Armstead is just, I don't know how you will be like that. I will I will say this. The Chase Young sack early was like, uh-oh, Chase Young's away, guys. Guys, someone woke yeah. up Chase Young. Yeah, and Donald Penn. He's having flashbacks. He's like, "Oh crap!" I, uh, I thought Tom Brady was back there. I thought they were going to call a flag. I, oh god! Oh my goodness! Um, it was a fantastic stand for that defense. I really thought that they played fan- really well. Um, even against the Chiefs team that was not firing all cylinders early, they had such weird injuries on the on the on like. I felt so bad for Trey Greenlaw. Well, Greenlaw was already hurt. His Achilles got hurt. Oh, I, I know, but I just felt bad for it to, to go out that way. Yeah, and... he's stepping onto the field. Like, it's a mm-hmm. punt. He just takes one step and then coll- I was like, this is, when people start talking about scripts, this is the stuff they talk about. Oh, where stop. it's like, Why are we? No, no, I'm talking play? about, like, the people who are idiots. Like, you see something <laughs> like that. Like, I saw it. I was like, oh, no. Because I know what an Achilles look like. That terrifies yeah, he down. me. Oh, he's done. He's just like, oh, he's not. And and like, is he okay? I'm like, no, they're going to get the cart. And then all of a sudden the cart comes on. I'm like, yeah, he can't walk. That's, yeah, that's, oh, man. Um, but I just I just want to tip my cap to the defense. I thought they played fantastically. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, forcing fumbles and, and the first pick for my homes. Like, it was just really good job holding coverages late. They're just playing Jordan. And like I said in the preview, eventually what the Niners had done for the last two weeks was – play okay, but then let the other team be unfamiliar in deep water. Mm-hmm. And I said this in the preview with Felders, and you cannot, your game plan against the Chiefs cannot be wait for them to melt down because it's not going to happen. You will hurt. You will melt down waiting on them to melt down. And that is 
I will go to my grave thinking that's what happened tonight or last night. Excuse me. Brock Purdy did not cost them that game. No. From a gameplay perspective, he never threw any of those like Purdy balls that I make fun of. He had a couple that weren't great, but two doesn't. But then the thing that I thought was really impactful for me was this was the first time because they were so disciplined on the edge rush that that center push wouldn't allow him to use his legs on the outside. And so his size became a factor because now it's not, I'm going to dip back more and throw around these guys. I have to try to throw over them. And when you'd see that, particularly in the three-step game after they the um, the Chiefs started firing a little bit more, they're getting hands up early, balls getting batted down, like stuff that like, and I guess I kind of just talked all around it, but that for me was like, okay, Brock Purdy's better than I thought. And I also see why he fell in the draft. Like, if you said his size was a concern, this was the game that you're like, this is why his size is a concern. Yeah, and this is, again, my Thanos quote, you feel so desperately that you're right and fail anyway. A lot of it isn't his fault. The issue is when he had a chance to make those moves, when he has a chance to drop back. The, Steve Spagnolo, God bless him, treated – I'm going to use this with my players this year – he was an equal opportunity pass rusher. What I mean by that was he had two spies. Mm-hmm. So wherever the back came out, CMC went, that guy would pick him up. The other guy would stay there and mirror Purdy. If CMC stayed in to protect, they're both either side. Pick your poison. If you're going to escape, we're going to find you. And that was helpful because that first drive, they got the 15-yard penalty yep. because the, the linebacker, 32 Bolton, tried way too hard. He was doing too much. He did the well, typical thing you teach. It's, you early, put your arm it's over. early in a game. Everyone's got those little early nerves. The Super Bowl still like, yes, yeah. they old hat. Yes, very calm, collected crew, but also Super Bowl dog. Like we going, yeah. you know, it's a little bit. Yeah. And so that happens. And then toward the end, uh, other than I want to say Cleveland, the Chiefs played cover one or man coverage about 67% of the time. Cleveland did it about 70, 68 to 71%. And so toward the end, Spagnolo, even that final play on third down regulation, it is, I am not playing coverage. I am Mm-mm. sending six. I'm sending seven. And you're going to either make this catch or we're going to make you famous, if I can borrow the uh, the Undertaker's famous phrase. We're we're, we're, we're going to send more than you can block and let's see what you can do. And – that's the thing about C. Spagnuolo, because you look at what he's done in this playoffs. He did it against a very high-powered Chiefs offense, or excuse me, um, Dolphins offense, which mm-hmm. was affected by the cold. But, you know, we can't mm-hmm. – it is what it happened. We watched it happen. Um, which he, also, just as a quick before you jump to the next week, that was practice both in regular season and the playoffs for this offense because he came from that tree. Mm-hmm. So all those motions, all that orbit – they were ready for it because they had rules set up for the Dolphins, who were faster. But the problem was the 49ers were well, thicker. You say you say that it's it's it. You get to me my last point on the Niners, and that's mm-hmm. Kyle. Oh, <laughs> I hope they remember you, Kyle. I it can't be six pass plays in the road for a second half. It can't. It, it can't. Like it 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 cannot. It cannot. It cannot. And the thing about it is, and my feelings on Kyle Shanahan are well documented. I used a Falcons fan when he did that to the Falcons. Uh, I'm off I was going to say, what if I told you he did this four years ago? Because for me, it's it's like, oh, yes, in obvious situations, I'm cognizant of the clock. But it's like, you do realize that you get to those situations by situations earlier in the game, right? 
Kyle, you understand that they don't – all these moments are connected. So my question for you is – it's not really a question. It's more of a, just an obvious complaint. If you fail on a first and ten pass, I shouldn't know your possession's over. I shouldn't be 100% sure your possession is done. I should not be that sure and rich I am. Every time if it if they go sec if they go second and 9 or a short run or a pass that go falls short, I said this drive is over. They were 3 for 17. I think this is like the fourth worst game they've had since he's been calling the offensive been head coach. Here's the thing to that. They have the worst third down game plan. Regardless of the situation, if they're behind the sticks, like you, this is one of the things that was in my notes. If they're behind the sticks, you can assume they're not going to complete it. And it isn't on the quarterback. It is no. entirely on him and the way he designs his offense. And that, if I can be a little petty for a second, is a direct result of what happens when you're a Nepo baby who didn't have he, to evolve. Pat, what? No, I'm not. Did he, I go too far? Yeah, as I watch him take this team to another Super Bowl, yes, maybe that's a little too far. He did it with the Avengers. His dad did it with an Avenger at running back in John Elway, which I very much enjoyed him handing them. And, and a, a completely interchangeable. Uh, there's a reason why Terrell Owens is great for two seasons. Yeah, but it was those two seasons. This yeah, and then it was John. the rest of the Denver. He got in the Hall of Fame. They're like, oh, no, wait, anyone can do this in Denver. Wait a second. Come come yeah. on down, Mike Anderson. Would you like 2,100 yards? Oh, listen. I mean, that's that meme. It's like <laughs> it's like it, men would rather name which random – Orlandis Gary uh, running oh, back for the Broncos ran for 1,000 yards then go to therapy. Orlandis <laughs> Gary is fantastic. Um, but I do think it's more than just being a Denver baby. I do believe that being a Falcon is a wasting disease. And you can't shake it. Like he is, he was a falcon before anything else. This man was a bird, and that bird stick with you because he got and things got serious last night. And man, the bird showed up. It wasn't twenty eight to three, but my god, why the route combinations and like the timing of like the play calls? It's just like oh, if the slant doesn't hit, then this drive this drive is over. And if you run on first down, now it's a 50 50 shot because, yes, you've got a back in there who I, as someone who was nominally cheering for the Chiefs, I'm glad you didn't give him more carries, you fool. Listen, I'm glad you didn't look up and say, maybe, just maybe I should keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. <laughs> maybe I should stop problem. daring him to beat this defense. Here's the problem because when you, when you look at the way the 49ers run, and this is where not necessarily the Nepo baby stuff comes in, but the Shanahan family style of running. He yeah. likes what CMC to run wide. And the thing for me that bothers me is they got more yards running inside with Yuschik and doing either the wind back counter or just whamming it and letting mm -hmm. them get, get what he Once they stop that. And here's the other thing. Here's the dirty secret of the chiefs. Willie Gay will track you down anytime, anywhere. They added in drew tranquil from the, uh, chargers he can run and cover only thing my man nick bolton can do is stop the run if you run a wheel route next to that man that dude is gone that i've seen that all season and they did it once and it was in overtime when they threw it to you and they allegedly said he caught it even though he fell and Look i saw at the this. ball bounce out his hand just let man you can't just say it was a catch and move on it's not like Listen, you didn't win the I game i love how you he is my platonic don't ideal do that oh, don't do this Listen, some of my best friends are fullbacks. I knew that was she was coming. I hate you. Oh my gosh. 
I'm just oh saying. I'm just saying. I wish look, I could look, vote look, look. for fullbacks for another term. The bottom line is, I don't know if Kyle can do this. I don't know if. What if he has thing- Kirk? What if he has Kirk? I think he can do it if he has Kirk. No, because. That's his Captain America. That's like on your left. And all of a sudden it opens up. Kirk Cousins comes out of the portal. He's ready to rock and roll. First of all, we're talking about a 40-year-old man coming off an Achilles. Like, let's just be very real before we talk about anything else. Yeah. He ain't got a move. That's what we're talking about. You see the Avengers they got around him? I'm Stop it. Second of all, if Kirk Cousins is the answer, I'm terrified of what the question is. I am terrified, Rich, because... Look, Kirk Cousins can be your, like you say, platonic ideal for what you want in this, in this team. But the beauty of this system is that when players exceed the system, it's flexible enough to allow them to. Except the quarterbacks, for some reason. Every time he's had someone of, they've never seen someone break the mold. You've seen people take it as high as it can go. Are we talking about a Matt Ryan MVP type season? That's, I think, the high end of this. But what you need need to do, okay, this is a great example. The best quarterback I've ever seen to this day in a regular season game, day in and day out, is Peyton goddamn Manning. I've never seen anything like it. The problem is, his level of preparedness, everyone reaches that when they get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's the same problem. There's no next level with the Kirk Cousins and with this offense. There's no next level. There's no, oh, now we're going to out scheme it this way. No, it's you've already you've built in your advantage and you have no, there's no Super Saiyan blue waiting on you. I think the only thing that could help him is what he tried to do. And then he got cold feet and then they bragged about it the last two weeks when he told his owner, the third stringer is the best quarterback they got. They needed Trey Lance to hit. They needed someone like a Trey Lance to hit who breaks the structure at times. You might not want him to, but has the ability to kind of be that equalizer. I think in a perfect world, I joked or not. I was, I was serious about it when I talked about cousins and I know that this is, Pure fantasy land. If you put someone like a Josh Allen in this system. Oh, that's terrifying. That is it. That's the stone. He needs someone that big because that's the thing with Allen against the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense cannot handle him because when you pressure Purdy, you pressure Lamar, you pressure Tua, they're not sturdy enough to say, okay, try to tackle me with your corner. They're going to bounce off because they. I've seen these guys bounce off of Allen. And he gets 30 yards. This is, I refuse to let this become Chiefs fan whining corner. This is not, you I'm, just I'm won just saying, a Super Bowl. The I'm fact that saying. you're mentioning teams that you've already vanquished this literally in the last four weeks is yeah. the pettiest of petty. And I'm it going is. to take you from this final thoughts Super Bowl. Listen, uh, I got a petty list. No, this, this is not, this, you have three podcasts for that. I'm okay. asking you. For today, for my enjoyment, for my friend, can you tell me how to, as someone who recently won back-to-back national titles, as someone who realizes like it's a weird feeling because you're still excited, but you're like, oh, 
I didn't know I was hungry for three. I didn't know this part it's, of it. I didn't know I could okay. be this greedy. I didn't that's, that's it. The greed is here. I am Gordon Gecko. Greed is good. I can't wait for Wednesday. I think I'm teaching that day. So I'm going to have to have like an earbud in so I can hear the speech. Because I remember Patrick and Kelsey and uh, Chris Jones saying last year, we'll see you here next year. And we're going to do this again. And now they're back. And it's like, okay. Does that mean you're going to take a little bit less to stay? Like, I want to see you guys complete this because I've never seen it. I've never seen it in the NFL. And I don't want it to be one of those old times. Well, 1955, we got this. No, I, I want to see it now. So, yeah, the greed is there. Also, the greed, and it, it's in the in the case of Georgia. I was talking with my buddy when I did my show. It's the greed of going into free agency and saying, much like the you know Joker, like, we're going to have tryouts. If you want money, hey, we'll give you some money. But if you want money, money, no, thank Do you want to be a part of greatness? Do you want to be his Rodman? Because that's what he needs right now. And this is where the fall starts, the arrogance. I love it. It is an arrogance. They need a Rodman. They need that guy because Kelsey physically can't do this anymore. Y'all better pay Chris Jones. Hmm? Y'all better pay Chris. Oh, oh, I think they absolutely have to, but he may have to fire his agents because his agents were the one who came up with that idea of let's um because he i'm going by what he said he's like i shouldn't have listened to them and then they had to like delete the quote tweet because they thought it was like oh you said you disagreed with us why would you say let's that move to the let's move to the place where you're less passionate but more expert and that's before, the square before we oh, pop, let me just give one thing uh, and it's not it's pure proud dad i promised that okay all right, well, this dad corner we allow All right, so during the game, twice, Trey ran upstairs, and he was just shaking his head. And when he told me why he was shaking his head, like it it nearly, like the second time he did get me, I got a little misty. The fumble. He's like, you know that wouldn't have happened if he just yelled poison, right? I was like, and my wife was like, what what are you even talking about? Because for those of you who don't know, my son, I coach high school football here in Pittsburgh. My son's been our water boy for the varsity football team for the last, like, two years. And so I'm up in the booth working with defensive backs and the defensive coordinator. Trey's down there and he hears everything. And so he is like locked in. Like he, I got pictures of him where you just see him. Like, he's like, yeah, if you say poison, that doesn't happen. And then the second one that really got me was I was annoyed that Mahomes didn't see that Rice was open over the middle to have a walk-in at the end of regulation. And he looked at me and he looked at me for a second. He didn't say anything. And I was like, okay, he wants to say something that disagrees with his dad. And he's trying to be respectful because he's a tween, but he's not a routine yet. So it's that line. And he's like, I don't think he wanted to have a, a moment like the Patriots against the Seahawks where maybe he overthrows it and the guy's hands, knocks it into the defensive backs. And he doesn't want to be a, you know, caught in them. I was like, All right. Peter, first and foremost, the one the Peter. I don't think they heard the Peter call. I think there was a Peter call because because you watched the the uh, the returner react differently. Yeah, because he saw it hit the, the heel, heel and he tried to go for He's it. Like, that, that's wow. what stopped the call. Secondly, yeah. that on that crosser he missed, the snap was low. You told me I, I that look. I told oh. you. I just said I wanted to. I just want to cover it so I can say that I said it. And we're moving on now. Let's go to the squared circle because okay. for weeks. All I heard was the WWE doesn't know what they're doing. WWE is fumbling the story. They're failing their audience. 
Rich, there's something I said to you on one of your podcasts many years ago. If it's on television, it's supposed to be seen. If you see it, it's supposed to be seen because even as publicly traded companies, they didn't have to tell you about every personnel move behind the scenes. They didn't have to. If they told you, you were supposed to know. Rich, welcome to, welcome to Neo Kayfabe, my friend. Because if this was always the plan, if we were, if the plan was always the triple threat, this is a path that I did know, not know they could take. Yeah, it's and it's it's annoying that not not your opinion. I think your opinion is great. It's annoying that people like The Rock have to take the neo kayfabe veil and slide it away. When he do the little ice play. <laughs> because because someone's like, oh, this is this is they're booing him because of the Hawaii and he didn't donate enough and everything went sideways. He's like, no, I was being a heel. I knew the crowd was gonna turn on me, and so I'm acting. And and it's the thing, Palm, between that and then the folks that are like, well, The Rock's a failed actor. I was like, he just made $50 million to do a movie. I don't know too many people who are getting 50. He, when he was named to the board, was mentioned as an aside on MSNBC. Disney is calling us because they're trying to make up for the fact that during the pandemic, they had to release Jungle Cruise. And their tit for tat was, we're going to release the Maui slash um they were gonna do moana. the the in person the, the real person version of moana but they okay. have another like moana 2 they were gonna do direct video they're not gonna put it in theaters right. they're gonna do jungle cruise in theaters him and emily blunt are gonna get points that they would have just like they did during the pandemic like he played ball with the mouse and the mouse is like let's go i don't see people hello dceu doing that and right like i see on the other side people you know putting stuff in storage and then getting yelled at or trying to say the rock. Oh, he did black Adam. I was like, okay, he did black Adam and then got a financial apology from Vin Diesel to show up in fast 10. Like I loved seeing that press conference that turned into a WWE presentation because he's one of the best entertainers in the world. And you happen to have him. And he also is a pro wrestler. And, and, and I think that's kind of what, gets me the most where people was like well no the, they saw the reaction and they, and they pivoted no unless you think that i'm smarter than everyone who's doing this this was the way to do it because not only have you now expanded the the spotlight everyone's watching mm -hmm. which means you've just elevated cody Rhodes. yep because well and, and when you start looking at the confluence of rumors that were floating around the last few weeks you start to see this kind of new neo kayfabe one the fact that Meltzer has no one in wwe right now is very funny it's very funny. <laughs> I mean, kind of tells on himself with stuff like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just it's very obvious and it's very funny that he's no one calling him. And I just think it's great. But you look at like Sean Ross Sapp, some of the language of his reporting, and we all know he's getting stuff from Cody's camp. It was Cody was promised this match, and it was never that the match isn't happening. It was just like the the phrasing. Um, there are other rumors out there that they've been talking about doing a triple threat for the title for one of the titles, and the fact that and I pitched this a long time ago. If you look at 20, what was that? Two heels who had a personal beef in the injection of a, a white hot underdog babyface. What was 30? Two heels who had beef in an injection of a white hot underdog babyface. Hey, 40, doesn't look like two heels with legitimate beef and the white hot underdog babyface. Then you hear the other rumors that are coming from Rock's camp where it's like, oh, the Rock thought that they fumbled the ball with Daniel Bryan. Well, congratulations. You created a bigger Daniel Bryan on a much bigger stage. And 
He's doing it in a way because, <clears throat> and I think a lot of people's ego was said that The Rock's ego would not let him get booed. But guess what? If he can go to Philadelphia, the town where the last time he was there, he and his cousin got booed at the end of a Royal Rumble, if this can end with not just making Cody Rhodes, but turning Roman face, if, if Cody pins Roman and The Rock kicks him out of the family, after the match, and he fights back, and he's beaten down, and he becomes a bit. You can do a lot of building from there. We can get that anniversary match of The Rock's first appearance at Survivor Series and have the one-on-one -on -one match there. You can push the one-on-one -on -one to Mania, or excuse me, to SummerSlam. You can do it one of the other PLEs, because you know what else hasn't been announced, Rich? Mm. The location of SummerSlam, or the location yeah. of next year's Mania. The Rock said he wanted to do something that had never been done before, and everyone pitching ideas was shit we had seen before. And I tell you what, man, I think they might have meant it this time. I think this Neo Kayfabe thing could get real interesting. Yes. And I think the one thing they need to do, and you saw that when you heard the commentary, is because uh, in the reporting Wade brought, you have to be careful and make sure all of your announcers are clued in. And I think that's something that Michael Kirk Cole's learning with the removal of certain folks in power, like Vince McMahon, et cetera, because mm. he knew what was going on, but you got Pat McAfee shooting from the hip. I was like, it's like when I take my son's friends somewhere and it's like, you guys want, what do you want for dinner? It's like pizza, hot wings, hibachi. What? Like they are go, they like, Hey, it's going to be a tag match. Then you got Big E saying, well, I know Nick Khan's not going to stand for this. Cause Nick's going to, it's like, whoa, whoa. I think it's going to be Cody versus Roman. It's like, no, no, no. I think it's going to be a tag match. It's like, he's we like, might be getting a tag match. Right. Exactly. It's like, guys, like, just follow my lead. But I think that's also, that, that's what makes it, I think, on a more meta level, even super more interesting for us because we're watching them do this very, very, very specific, very dangerous high wire act that probably yeah. could not get have been pulled off in the era of cards subject to change. But because we've got a uh, more dedicated and singular voice and creative right now, and stories are allowed to play out, now you're trying to do it while also balancing this new build it on the fly structure that's presented itself because of outside the ring goings on. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened. You have Triple H, who started this experiment in NXT with the Neo Kayfabe mm -hmm. uh, before it was NXT 2.0. You have Paul Heyman, who made a career out of that as long as the checks cleared. And then mm -hmm. you have. Brian Gewertz, The Rock's uh, personal writer and partner uh, over at se uh, Seven Bucks, that has been on Twitter and saying, hey, this is just chapter one. Like, he's the guy who's kind of making sure The Rock's... Like, I love having an ombudsman. I wish I was powerful enough to have someone that could just, like, make sure. <laughs> it's like, eh, I don't think Dwayne's going to like that. Let's fix this up. But the thing is, I think that everything's gone according to plan. I think that everything... They're on track to do exactly what they want. And whether that be a... Tag at Elimination Chamber where Roman eats a pin to Cody, and then and the Rock says, "Hey, can you even defend this family?" He says, "Well, no, I got this. No, I'm gonna get in the let me, let me get in here too, so that you can, so that one of us can be sure this thing gets done." And he says, "No, I got this. It's, he pinned you last month, son." And then you get the big dog because even in those moments on the stage, yes, the Rock is a big mo movie picture star, billions of dollars. But also, like, just through osmosis, if you go back and watch The Rock's movies, you can see him learn to act 
Mm-hmm. which is actually kind of interesting. And the best thing they've done so far was that backstage with him, Trips and, and Roman, where Roman looks like a little brother, and you can see in his eyes the anger and hurt. And like, it's, it is layered in a way that you don't get in professional wrestling. And because The Rock is like him, hate him, love him, say he plays one character, that's fine, but he's playing a character and he knows that character and he knows how to sell the different layers of what this motherfucker came out as Vin Diesel in a black. Uh, wife beater like what talking about family like this is this is just fast whatever this is fast uh um fast 40 fast mania 40 that's all this is yeah i mean listen he's like listen there's a lot of things you can do but when you talk about my family and then he just went like and then when you he's look at your point, corona yeah like you look at you look at the uh the bloodline family tree he put up he has the family like to your point he has his family title in addition mm-hmm. to his name is Dwayne Johnson, like High Chief. I can't remember how to pronounce right. what a Samoan name is. And it's like, oh, you're using the like the 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 Lay's name. You're not using just your name. But on that's the covers. thing is that like, yes, it is very big and very. But it's also like, wait, eighty percent of those motherfuckers are workers. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I was like, wait, Trinity. I was like, Trinity's yeah. up here. It's like y'all just oh, Listen, everybody just, up here. You just sent me a tone like a GeoCities page from nineteen ninety eight. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> I've seen this. And so yeah. I love. I felt I bad love. because somebody had their thing palm wiped off the bottom of that cloud. Because I, like you said, I've seen that before. So whoever <laughs> created that, like they are punching air right now. That the rocks. No, like, no, I just no. made they, this PowerPoint. They, come on now, they cut him a check after all the yeet nonsense. If anything, we oh, know yeah. the WWE's out here cutting checks because we don't yeah, want to hear about right. it from creatives ever again. Take the money, enjoy the notoriety. Please don't call this number ever again. Um, uh, before we get out of here, I do want to talk about. Other, the other wrestling company, um, AEW, they have kind of, I don't want to say right of the ship because I don't want to sound like anything was really wrong there, but it did feel a little stagnant, a little stale. The, the MJF is, is in surgery. The belt's on Samoa Joe. It does feel like business, as the kids say, has picked up. But before, if we're going to talk about anything, we're going to talk about the most important thing in AEW. My favorite wrestler of all time, Sting's world champion yet again. Yeah, it's fun. Him is tag champ with Darby Allen. I'm a little offended. He says that's his favorite or his best tag partner ever. I feel like Lex Luger somewhere. It's Luger. No, no, it's Luger. He's being nice because the kid is next to him. Like he, this, that is two adults. Like, you know, this is my favorite tag partner ever. It's your nephew and your real tag partner. Yeah, we know. It's like that's my favorite drinking buddy ever. The kid drinking milk. That's what's happening here. Like that's what this is. This don't don't Luger knows. Yeah, I I, I hope so because sometimes Lex gets confused. Uh, I, I like what they did as far as the coronation and then the Young Bucks being just absolute, just horrible human beings. And Sting's kids, Sting's kids are just absolutely, like those dudes are, like, if Tony had, like, I know he had, like, the uh, Nightmare Factory when Cody was there. If he has a way to get those dudes started in pro wrestling, if that's something they'd be interested in. I would do it because he just basically cloned himself and made them six three and six four. They would well, give you know one of them was a tight end kid. for Kentucky. Oh crap! That's what. Okay, I, I thought Gordon I Gordon Junior okay. was a tight end for Kentucky for years, and I don't know if the other the other one's a lineman, I think, or a linebacker. Um, but I mean, like like the older one looks like Sting, and I was like, oh well, this. Well, well, let's let's get some let's get some paint on this kid and some and some scorpion tights. 
and tell them the woo real good because uh yeah we can do this we can run this back um i thought that was great i had a, a lot of fun with it i of course watched it because i was like oh no i think it's sting's last free tv match ever and i wasn't even watching that episode of dynamite but i definitely turned back for that yeah and the only thing that i wanted more of was uh like i as they're leading up to his final matches in these towns, I, I just want more like fanfare for it and, and yeah. not as much like poor Ricky is the only person like he goes to New Orleans. He's tripping over himself going to every radio station. Everyone else is just kind of like, ah, eh, we're going to your town. Buy tickets. And, that's, and I think that's you and I probably talk for longer about the structural issues. I think that are occurring there and um, the people they brought in to help rectify that. Like we know yeah. the names that they brought in. And again, this is the wrestling business. This is the carny business. If we know it, we're supposed to know it. Like it's, it's, and that's when I explain people like the stock market using wrestling. I'm like, so that's when they smart. announce these things, those are gimmicks and those are like refreshes, and that's just the shockmaster. That's not value jet. That's Airtran. Um. Yeah, it's like, hey, I had someone write us an email. It's like, hey, do you think Vince McMahon's gonna buy back WWE? I was like, well, they convinced the stock market that TKO is worth eleven billion dollars for like a week, and so no one's buying that. Like, yeah. you, you can't just be like, we're merging UFC and WWE. And I'm going to cut a check for like five bucks and some some coupons like that's not going to fly. But this is a great lead into my final point I wanted to ask you about AEW. Mm -hmm. Perception is very much reality, not just in reality, but also in professional wrestling. Does the perception of the Okada signing change what you think the ceiling is for 2024 and all elite wrestling? And follow up question. Actually, just say, let's do the Okada question first. OK, so I think with Okada. It's similar to in like a championship team or a team that's trying to chase a championship and say like, let's, I'm not going to use football. I'll use like basketball. You're getting a guy who's a great all around three and D player, but you got to make sure you're playing a system that features him or you're, you're just going to have him there. And the reason I say that is when you look at all the other great wrestlers they have on that roster, when you look at, uh, Sign in Jay White. You're about to sign Will Ospreay, or you have signed him. He's going to start in March. Right. You have Omega that's on the shelf. You never really explored. Again, this might get your heart. I always thought they should have explored a singles, like one last great run with Sting, because they could have they could have done some fun, funky thing. Because if that dude's jumping off a balcony, I think I think I think he's being protected in different ways. Mm. I think high spots are different than working a, like a, a legitimate match and working. Oh, like, I'm telling him like old school, like uh, Sandman, or New Jack, <laughs> where it's like when that music hits, it is just. <laughs> he just got a constant invincibility buff. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. But no, I think with Okada, Danielson put it best, honestly, when he was in Japan the last couple of days. He's a guy, if he goes to WWE, he probably has to go to NXT to learn the style of the WWE. He comes to AEW. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think he's going to look great. But. That's not gonna. I don't mean to poo poo it, but it's not gonna grab folks that aren't already watching. You're super serving an audience you haven't grown. His for either one, his audience doesn't grow, neither does all the wrestling because it's already the same Venn diagram. Like if you are, if you're aware enough to be excited about Okada, then guess what? You're already watching Saturday, Wednesday nights and Saturday nights, and then Dark, whatever the hell else on YouTube and Twitch. I don't know what the fuck all their shows. 
Um, but his agent me, did him a good thing. He, when he signed with Barry Bloom, Barry's one of the best agents for pro wrestlers. So he's making a crap load of money. It's well, just that's it. fine. And then, but that's the sell. The sell is, hey, these guys you already know, these people you already know, you want to try nothing new and make a bunch of money doing it? Like, let's do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, yeah. I was excited to see him on a larger stage to see really what a true like promotional machine could have turned him into yeah. in America. And, and we don't know how long the contract is. We don't, and everyone says, you can't talk to people under contract. Guys, there is no governing body for Russian wrestling. Tampering is not real. Stop reading dirt sheets. Now, um, the last thing I want to talk about is, in my idea, in my mind, the person who's actually going to increase the spotlight of all the wrestling, the person who's actually going to bring uh, is a big fish to a very, very questionably sized and designed pond in the women's division because Mercedes Monet has been all but announced for Boston in a couple weeks. Um, Rich, can you assuage my fears that this is a huge mistake? Well, I think I'm going to try. The first thing I can think about is when I look at WrestleTix, which does a really good job on Twitter of keeping track of like sales. The Garden is typically what like no, don't don't people? don't sell me on her. I she can move tickets to a convention. Don't sell me on the ticket movie. Tell me on that this is the right decision for her wrestling career because she's oh, going okay. to get the stories that are befitting her. I, the numbers. No, guess what? My pockets don't move. My pockets don't move if Tony Khan sells one or a billion tickets. I don't care if there's one person in the seat or a million people. I don't give a shit. Uh, I want to know that is a woman going into this mechanism, into this all elite wrestling, where I've seen very inconsistent women's storytelling, who is going to demand a quality storytelling, or she's going to talk about you, and her people are going to talk about you. If you wanted to say, hey, our women's division is still growing, you just got the eyeballs of the most rabid fan base of women's wrestling on the planet in the Sasha Banks stands Mercedes Monet hive. Like, this is about you. What you wanted women's primetime wrestling? Congratulations. Here come some eyeballs. And here, here's where I think those two things can be. If you're gonna go to the, the garden, you can't just allude. You have to sell like we're getting the most serious Monet. We're getting the woman that's on the Mandalorian. We're getting the woman who's gonna be in the next set of Disney movies. Like, this is who we got. I think playing it cute, just like with the Okada idea you were talking about. It's the opposite. She's this big star. You need to scream to the rooftops you have her instead of kind of whispering. It's like, I got boss with two dollar signs. Do you associate Sasha? Do you associate her with Boston the same way we associate punk with Chicago? I associate her more with Snoop Dogg than I do with Boston. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure that we're not I'm not crazy. No, no, and that's the thing that bothers me because if you're gonna have a 19,000 person arena and you're gonna debut her and it's filled to like eight thousand people. You're not like, doing this her is not, service. Like, this, this is the this is what I'm like. Is this a good idea? Because the first the the for one chance to make a first impression, Rich. I'm not enthused by the setup. No, no. I, for me, I would have preferred if you're gonna have her show up, have her show up somewhere out west. That's a New Japan strong or New Japan uh, friendly territory somewhere in California, because she already knows. They have the interest there. You could tie it into something else that's going on. But then my bigger issue, when you think of the grand structure of AEW, I've yet to see a black woman featured regularly in a prominent role that isn't wrestling another black woman during Black History Month or losing Hello Red Velvet to someone that needs to move up the rankings for their uh Well, wins and losses are wins and losses. TV time is really how you measure these things. But I'll tell you this. 
I am nervous as someone who supports much, who, whose favorite rest match of the last 15 years is still Sasha Bailey. Um, I am nervous because in eight minutes of Royal Rumble time, Jade Cargo was a bigger star over there than she ever was for Warner and that company. And so that in and of itself, plus the things that you and I point to the early kind of mismanagement of the rollout, I'm deeply concerned and I hope that she doesn't come to regret it. And I hope that she's got a great out of this contract. Like, Hey, I don't like your creative. I'm gone. Look at Athena. Athena was told and we were told. I don't have, I don't have that many streaming services to find her. Sorry. That's the thing. She's wrestling great. You just got to pay the extra money for this other company I bought. And I didn't want the other guys to get it, but I'm not going to do anything with it other than sign people. And like these weird 360 deals where it's like, you're not all elite, but you could kind of wrestle on, you could have wrestled. It's, 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 you're too honorable to be all elite. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> like, so my, my issue is Athena is a person I would want wrestling her, but he has her set up as like the albatross around the, the ring of honors, the albatross around her neck and she can't just flourish. You, but you're gonna take, and this is what all the rest of old. all the rest of your titles in that in that promotion are held by all elite wrestlers. It's so weird. Yeah, and um, then you got Mariah May, who was a person right. who was like, you know a, what, Rich? I wanted yeah. to leave here on just talking about Mercedes Monet, but you've driven me to this point. I got to ask you a question because it's an hour and no one's still listening. Can you convince me Tony Khan's not just a money mark? I cannot. Okay, I honestly that was cannot. It. Here's you know why. Look at the Jaguars. Remember what happened when uh, mm-hmm. Yannick Ngakwe wanted to get out? He tweeted, and then Tony answered, and he got traded to the Ravens. And you know what happened when in Fulham, his uh, he made a stand against the Saudis and talked about on Twitter how much they were butchers and stuff. They bought his best striker, and he had to choke on $35 million because the striker decided to go on strike and tweet about it until he let him go. Starting to see a pattern. I'm glad the boys found a money mark they can they can they can once once Karen Jarrett was on television get, get, getting a check I was like oh okay cool so everyone knows we all get it right hey we found a fan with the payroll I mean Jeff's thing. an exec and Jeff's gonna work hard I'm not gonna say Jeff's a lazy man but that man once Jeff Jarrett is like embedded in the operation you know you it's say, you, you can say what we're all thinking sinks his teeth into it because he's a yeah. fucking vampire global fools gold everybody <laughs> rich tell everyone where they can find you and hopefully not your latest gold scam listen if you want to join in the uh elite all elite chiefs content no I'm not gonna do that um <laughs> At Rich Johnson Score Fan on Twitter. If you want to uh, listen to my stuff, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch or Post Wrestling, uh, as always, if you search any of your podcast devices, you'll find me. Uh, but really, end of the day, I would say, you know, coming back here and doing stuff with Palm and working with between UD Pod and MTR Network, this is free 99 and one of the best experiences I have whenever I get to Wow, the checks in the mail for that, brother. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, we'll be back later this week, Felder Fridays. We're going to be going through the uh, Super Bowl again and bidding farewell to another football season um, and probably talking some draft stuff. And then I'll probably be talking about the book because it'll be coming out on live show day. But go out. Bye. Hell's world without, hell is a world without you. Uh, it's all the proceeds until Friday going to a good cause. Um, and I'll probably be more annoying about it on social media where I give kind of a mini review of the book over the next few days. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.